Taking my Bible reading from Judges chapter 7 and verse number 4. Judges 7, verse number 4. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down unto the water. And I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, this shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. The title of this message this morning is The Right people, the right people. The truth of the matter is, you will always have people around you, but you do not, you do not need all of them in order to make it in life. You just need the right people with the right mind and spirit to be part of your life's journey. People are like square pegs that must be placed 
into square holes or else it cannot fit no matter how much effort you put into it. And in every profession, there are good people and there are bad people. In every church, there are good people and there are bad people. You don't have to be born again to be a good person. Not every pastor is a good pastor. You don't have to be a pastor to demonstrate goodness. Not every doctor that practices medicine is a good doctor. Not every nurse is a good nurse. I believe you have encountered some people and inside of you, you are so relaxed because the person looks and acts pleasantly. Some people practice their medicine just to make money and that is it. And the way they react to you, you know that they are just there to make money. They don't care about you. In every setup, there are good and there are bad people. And for you to be a good person, you must make up your mind to be a good person. When people encounter you, what do you deposit into their lives? What memory will they remember you for? You don't have to be born again to be a good person. We are talking about good people. God told Gideon that the people that he was planning to go to war with cannot fit into the army that he was preparing. The problem with some of us is that the foundation we are building our lives upon is faulty. And the Bible says, if the foundation be destroyed, what can a righteous man do? Brother, it is time to sit back and reevaluate your foundation. A building will crumble is just a matter of time when the foundation is faulty. You have to sit back and ask yourself, have I done anything in the past that is still haunting my life? Check it out with the Lord. Because at times we fast, we bind, we lose. But that cannot fix the foundation. Hallelujah. In Judges 5 and verse 6. Judges 5 verse 6. The Bible says there, In the days of Shimgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied and the travelers walked through byways, service roads. Question, brother. Question, sister. 
the path you are traveling right now will it lead to your destined destination? Are you on the right path? Are you on the highway or by the byway? I believe you understand that when you're traveling on the highway, almost invariably there are no stoppages. But when you're traveling on the byway, there are stoppages. And that's why nobody pays to ply the byway. You pay to ply the highway or using the word from your country, express road. It says the highway that could have taken people to their destination faster were unoccupied. Most of people prefer the byway to the highway. And you find that by you travel by the byways, there are traffic stops. No to no do I will get there. But why must you get there late when you can get there faster? Good people. From the location we are right here, right here in this church, if you want to travel to South Dallas and you're heading Highway 75 North, you will never get to South Dallas because you're traveling the opposite direction. It's your way. The journey of your life. Is it heading the right direction? Now this pastor, you heard the story. That he had the car. It was a pastor's forum. And his car was the one they were using. And they all entered his car. But at least one of them knew the road to where they were going. He told us the story. He said, this pastor was heading the wrong direction. And he told him, sir, though it's your car, but you're heading towards the wrong direction. And you looked at him with one can eye. You know that kind of eye. That, come on, who are you to tell me what to do? And the pastor told her that he was actually speeding towards the wrong direction. But he just relaxed because he knew it was a matter of time. It's just how far we've gone. We are, we are turning around. It was after many miles. He now said, oh, I have to make a U-turn because I am heading the wrong direction. And the pastor told us that he told him, I knew miles away that it's just a matter of time. There are some of us, we have told you times to that number. The life you are living will crash land you. But you are saying, pastor, and there, there are somebody that says, Pastor, mind your business. And I'm minding my business. And you know that my business is to mind your business. And that's my business. To tell you you're heading the wrong way. You may be enjoying fornication. But fornication 
will destroy you. You may, be, you may be enjoying adultery. You have a pretty wife at home, but your eye knows the sea woman. And we have told you that it will burn you. Nobody step on coal of fire and not get his feet or her feet burnt. Who are we talking about? Good people. Good people. The right people. Oh, hallelujah. Consult with people that are succeeding or have succeeded in doing what you want to do and listen to them. Let me say it again. Consult with people that are succeeding or have succeeded doing what you want to do. No, 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 no. You cannot be married for 35 years and not have experience. No, no, you cannot, you cannot meet your wife for 40 years and five years before you got married and don't have experience. <laughs> no, no, no. You cannot have six children that are now adults and don't have experience. And experience is the best teacher. Uh, mama pastor, I mean, mommy pastor was teaching Sunday school this morning. She said, listen to your pastor and I will tell you what it does. Why do you reinvent the wheel? Why not just follow suit? Now, show me five people that you are spending your time with and I will tell you how your life will become. Five people that you spend time with. And I will tell you What's your life? I don't need to be a pastor or a prophet. I will tell you how you will end up. Project that verse. There's this man that went to his father and said, Father, everything that pertains to me, give me my portion. Thank God for Nigerian parents or African parents. <laughs> By the time if they fling their hand like this, I never die, you want. The Bible says, after I'm dead, that you own anything. But the father gave him. The Bible says he gathered everything and did what? Travel to a far, not even near country. Travel from, from Abonima to America. Far country. And what was it he did? He lived a riotous life. You cannot mingle with riotous people and don't end up with a riotous and wasteful life. Can you imagine if this young man had consulted or interacted with investors, with investment gurus? Can you imagine how his life, he could have turned out a success story. I've heard some of us talk, why did you engage yourself in this kind of ways of living in America? Why did, how, how come you got your involved in all this? You say, ah, pastor, when we arrived, the people that received us, they told us what to do because that is what they do. And we did what they did. And that's why we are who we are today. 
waiting. I mean, what, what is it they didn't tell me to do when we arrived? I said, no, sir. <laughs> even though they didn't know I left Nigeria, nobody knew, not even my government. They still did not know. <laughs> I tell you, they didn't know I've left Nigeria. Because there's no data to confirm that. I say, ah, if front cannot be assessed, I'm going back from where I'm coming from. I will not do it. So, I told them how I came in here. I tell you, I refused to do what he asked me to do. I told the immigration people, this is me, or this is how I came in. This is how I came in. Let me stop. <laughs> ah, before one president go enter now and say, eh. But I told, them, I, to, I told them the whole story. And because I was truthful, they granted me stay. And today I'm a citizen of this great nation. Show me five people that you spend time with. Five people that talk to you all the time. And I already know how you're going to end up. Shout hallelujah, somebody. It's a matter of time. You will become the people you hang around with. Look at what the Bible says. Proverbs 13 verse 20. Proverbs 13 verse 20. It says, he that walketh with the wise with wise men shall be foolish. Shall be wise. When you hang around wise people, you'll be wise. I didn't have the opportunity to go to school. You know that story, and I will, I will continue to bore you with it. But I hang around those who had gone to school. That's what happened. Listening to the way they talk. I told you my writing, cursive writing, I learned it from my landlord. When he issued the receipt, I said, wow. And my writing is like when chicken, you, you understand? I started learning cursive handwriting from my landlord's rent receipt. And I'm still learning. When I got to Amen, you know that you heard the story. I didn't know, I mean, you know that rabbit they use for the, the computer, that um, is it mouse or rabbit? <laughs> A mouse. I didn't know what to do with it. And I was living with a lady that had two smart kids. And you see the way they are playing with Kompu? I say, ah, this is where they will be my friends. I was on top of them. Even when they plan to do their homework, I'm talking about daily and so-so, Boma's children. Even when they want to do their homework, I will sit or thumb, I must know this, you know. And they taught me. When I'm home alone, nobody to criticize me or laugh at me as I'm practicing. There's something I still don't know how to do. Is it a sin? Listen, is it a sin or am I lying? Like I love when I, people are typing. I can't I just love it. <laughs> so at times, when people visit my office, 
and I'm facing my computer. I'll be doing and I'm, I'm doing nonsense. So. <laughs> is it is it lying? Yes, right. I'm practicing. <laughs> I just love the sound. Father, forgive me. <laughs> For I know not. No, I know. I think I know. I will not do it again. <laughs> Hang around people that are successful doing what you want to do. Hang around wise people. It's a matter of time. You'll be wise. Shout hallelujah. Amen. Listen to this. In Judges 15, 12 and 13. Judges 15, 12 and 13. Just because somebody is a member of your family does not mean that they wish you well. Because in every family there are bad people bad and mean people and there are good people. The Philistines hated Samson and his people, the Jewish people, they hated them with passion. They wanted to eliminate him, kill him. This Samson placed his life on the line to defend his people, the Jews, because of the anointing God placed upon his life. Yet, the people he was assisting, the people he was protecting, the people he placed his life on the line for, wished him something different. In that chapter of the Bible, they came to him and they told him, Samson, we want to bind you and hand you over to the enemies. And Samson continued to project the verses as I highlighted. And Samson said, hmm, promise me that you will not kill me. And his people, the Jews, said, no, we will not kill you. All we have to do is to bind you and hand you over to the people that will kill you. You talk too much. This is your mouth. We should get a, a zip and zip your mouth. You talk too much. Say, yeah, they are my country people. They are my family people. Yeah, they are my brothers. They are my Who were these people? The fact they went and actually bought two brand, not two brand, brand new cords and tied him up and handed him over to the enemy to kill him. This was somebody who was helping them. Haven't you found out that the more you send money home, the more your finances are one kind? It was God that told Gideon, don't do this. I will tell you what to do. Check out from God. Where your money, listen, your money represents your blood. After they paid for Jesus' crucifixion and Judas returned the money, they said, ah, no, no, this is the money of, in fact, the blood, they bought a land with it because this money cannot go back to the treasury. They bought a plot called the plot of blood. 
Your money, your money represents your sweat. It represents your blood. Check out from God who you send your money to. I'm not talking about your mother or your father. You have to care for them. I'm talking about that uncle. Haven't you heard uncles that have eaten people's money? Their own, their own blood. Who oh, were these people? His brethren handed him over to the enemy to kill him. And what was his offense? He was protecting his people. That's why Jesus Christ said, A man's enemy are members of his household. Matthew 10, 36. They are members of his household. Talk too much. And before you know it, eh, uncle, eh, auntie, oh, my uncle's children, my, I'm not saying you shouldn't do good because you are a good person. As, yeah, you are a good person. But check out from the one who knows today and tomorrow, who knows the heart of man. Amen? Check out from the Lord. Check out from the Lord. For a man's foes are members of his household. We are talking about right people. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. Not everyone should be your friend. You may have colleagues, church members, business associates, but when you say somebody is your friend, ah, not everybody should be your friend. Jesus Christ chose his own friends. And he did not call them friends until he found out who they are. Remember, two cannot work together except they be agreed. How can somebody you just met at work becomes your friend? I'm hanging around with my friends. How did you meet? No, we 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 at work. And you resume work when? Uh, just last month. I already have friends there. Uh, you must be kidding me. Not everybody will be what your friend. Shout hallelujah. I agree with you. The human philosophy says, it says, the more, the merrier. But incidences and happenings have proved that that is not correct all the time. Granted, soccer game may bring the multitude with different opinions, different races, different culture, different belief, and they are there together cheering their team to victory. But when it comes to your destiny, you cannot afford to just pull everyone into your life. And be careful who you bring into your matrimonial home. Because you talk too much. Just tell everybody anything they want to hear. No. No, don't do that. Because not everybody wishes you well. 
Not every member of your family is a good person. <laughs> your, in fact, your offense, let me tell you your number one offense. Do you know it? Should I tell you? Okay, you don't need that one. Your number one offense is that you live in America. They still can't believe it that we don't pick money <laughs> on the ground. That's why you send $100 here, see, from America. $100. If they know how many hours that $100 is. So your offense is that you live in America and you're not sending money home. Don't mind them. Give somebody a hard high five and say, Pastor, say, don't mind them. Get people that will add value to your life. Case in point is the story in First Chronicles 12, 21 and 22. First Chronicles 12, 21 and 22. The Bible says there were a group of people that gathered together day by day and their agenda is how to help David. And they helped David to the point he was so great and he was compared to the host of God. You need good people in your life. These kind of people are the people you should surround yourself with. The reason they wish you well. Your success is not a threat to them. They want it well with you. They want you to succeed. They are happy when you are succeeding. Even though there are people that don't like that kind of life. Uh, there is this friend of mine. He lives in Dallas. He wasn't doing too badly. A Yoruba man. And this guy just showed up. They were interacting. An evil guy. They were just interacting. And he said, what do you do? And the Yoruba man said, well, this is what I do. This is what I do. I said, hmm, but I'm doing something better. And I'm going to teach you how to do it. He raised the resources and taught him what to do. He set him up out of the blues. Today, this guy is doing very, 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 very well in this Dallas. He has extended that business to Nigeria. When you see him, you can, you can smell, yeah, you can feel affluence. I'm telling you, it started by somebody just showing up and saying, I will help you. Such people are in the minority, but God can link you up with them. I don't like your amen. The right people. As you journey through life, people of God, in every gathering, there are people called the mixed multitude. Exodus 12, verse 28, uh, 38. Exodus 12, 38. It says, And a mixed multitude went up also with them, and flocks and herd, even very much cattle. The mixed multitude, you will encounter them. They are people with no vision. People with no mission, people with no goals, no aspiration, people who are just satisfied with the status quo. They are just satisfied with where they are. 
They're satisfied with the status quo. They're just satisfied. They're okay. There are people that they are not entering, but they will not allow you to enter. Don't surround yourself with such group of people. They will slow you down. They were tons in the flesh of the Israelites in the time of Moses' leadership. But something happened. Something happened. When Nehemiah took over the leadership of these same Israelites in Nehemiah 13 verse 3, Nehemiah 13 verse 3, now it came to pass when they had heard the law that they separated from Israel all the mixed multitude. You should separate yourself from anyone that is not adding value to your life. Anyone that thinks you don't deserve the good life that you're praying and expecting God to give to you. Separate yourself from anyone that capitalizes on your failures. That capitalizes on your disappointments. Separate yourself from anyone that wants to take undue advantage of you. And by this, I'm not talking about your wife. I'm not talking about your husband. I'm not talking about your children. Because it was God that showed up in Judges 7 verse 4 and said, Gideon, what you're doing is wrong. I will tell you what to do. Let God be the one to inform you what to do about that nagging family challenges and situation you are faced with. And whatsoever he says you should do, go ahead and do it. After all, you will face him on the last day. You can tell us this is what God said I should do. This is what, no problem. But you will face him on the last day. Gideon chose 32 men whom he thought were ready to team up with him. But God knows the heart of everyone. Praise the Lord, somebody. We are talking about the right people. I'm beginning to round up now because of my time. The right people. If you look at uh, for Sam, you know where for Sam is? What is that? For Samuel 22 and verse 2. For Samuel 22 and verse 2. The Bible says, and everyone that was in distress, everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him, that is David, and he, David, became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 nonentities, 400 discouraged people. Listen to me. There comes a time whereby the right people may not look right to you. Ah, it comes a time when the right people do not dress right. It comes a time when even the right people don't talk right. Yet, they are the right people. Yet, they are the will of God for you. At times, look up bro. At times, you have to walk on the right people that God brought or brings your way. Did you hear that? At times... The right people, they don't look right. They don't talk right. They don't dress right. God wants you to walk on them. 
before they begin to produce. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Listen, you are the one that knows how you want your wife to look like. You are the one who knows how you want your husband to look like or behave. Work on him. Work on her. You don't criticize because that you got her crude. She came to you the, with all her baggages. The way she, I mean, that is how he was before you married. And listen, nobody marries before they are 10 years. I don't know. I don't know if it's happened now. But we all marry our spouses when we are already at least adults. So you're married somebody that have lived his life or her life for 20, 30 years, as the case may be. And it's just because you are now Mrs. You want him to change. No, sir. He will still be using his hand to eat rice. Because you match it like this. <laughs> he will still, even up to now, still be dipping bread inside tea. Is it called bread and tea? How do you do bread and tea? <laughs> I mean, of course, do it. <laughs> it's so yummy. And it's fast. Huh? Just it cut, cut bread first. Then why not dip it, bread and tea, into the mouth? <laughs> Anytime I want to do it, I'll look around. Nobody... <laughs> Because you will not allow me to enjoy my bread and tea. Ah. <laughs> work on him. Work on her. Your husband is still a work in progress. Your wife is still a work in progress. Work on your children. They may be naughty today. Keep on working. Keep on working. Our children, they looked at us, mommy and dad. They said, you brought us up well. But that time when we were bringing them up, <laughs> every blala, they will not know what is blala. Every blala we brought to the house, walk out of the house. I tell you, they had a hole, they were through it. <laughs> it is now they were telling us. There was something, when I came to Dallas, they gave to me. It's called the Moses' rod. No, big rod. Mm -hmm. There was one day I was so inspired. <laughs> I went in and I carried the, the rod and the ash. <laughs> I carried it. Mama Pastor said, BJ, you will kill somebody. I said, ah, today. Guess what? That was the last time I saw that rod. <laughs> We were asking them not too long ago. I said, this rug, what, what happened? said, daddy, don't worry. <laughs> Just a couple of days ago, I saw something at the back of the house that looks like a rod. And I brought it out. I said, the rod has come. And one of them said, daddy, you don't need it anymore. That's the truth. 
We don't beat them. We don't yell anymore. We talk as friends. Keep working on them, brother. Keep working on your wife. Anything you see that you don't like in her is meant to be fixed by you. Anything you see in her or in him, it's, don't, don't quarrel. He's pressing toothpaste at the middle and you like it from the bottom up. Fix it. Let there be two tubes of toothpaste in the house. Let the other one press from the middle but you continue to press it from the bottom. Follow peace with all men and holiness. You quarrel for nothing. And the devil is applauding you. We are talking about the right people. Oh my God. Should I continue? After David walked on these people, in 2 Samuel 20, I think it's 23 or 24, from 14 to 17. Please just project it. Aha, uh-huh. 23 from first. When David walked on the, David, these people, they were non-entity, disjointed people that teamed up 400 men, disjointed, discouraged. He started walking on them because he was their captain. Ogasa, you cannot shy away from this responsibility. You are the captain of your family. Go to work. And madame is not praying. Uh, you go to work. You are the captain. The Bible says David became the captain of this 400 non-entity. Disjointed people. He started working on them. Working on them. And they now became generals in his army. Men of warrior. They never looked like right people. But he walked righteousness in them. And one day he was seated by in the jungle. And he just said, I'm thirsty. I wish I can drink that water that is by the gate in Bethlehem. And they were in a garrison, re-fortified area that the Philistines had fortified. And three non-entities that David helped. He that rewarded evil for good. Evil will never depart. Don't forget those who gave you a soft landing when you are in America. That's why we never forget all those that played one role or the other in my life. It's not possible. I keep telling you, I remember when we arrived Wiley and they were offloading my portmanteau. There was this brother that was carrying my, my on his head. What a sin. I say in America. He was doing it joyfully. I will never forget that person. Those that gave me their cars, those that gave me their homes, Boma will drive miles to come pick me up from the train station. How can I forget such a thing? When I arrived Dallas, how you received me, how can I forget? He that rewarded evil for good, evil will never depart from his life. That is scripture. David just said, I long to drink water from... A fortified area. The Bible says three men look at themselves. Say, remember, this man helped us. He needs something. They went out. Break the defenses of the Philistines and went, break the gate and got that water. That is one thing. Going back, they did the same. And they brought the water. Say, Captain, 
you helped us. When everybody rejected us, we were in debt, disjointed, confused, but you accepted us with our rags, with our hopelessness, you accepted us. We have put our lives in jeopardy to show you that we appreciate you. And David looked at the water and said, this is the blood of these men that jeopardized their life. I did not ask them to do it. And he poured it unto the Lord that no human being can drink this kind of water. How are you appreciating those God have used to help you? Those that took you in. Those that gave you even their papers. They put their papers on the line to receive you to America. Those have been sending money to you. We received the pastor the other Sunday. He helped us. Never forget good people. Never forget the part they played in your life. Because if you do, God says evil will never depart from your life. How can I forget those of you that are bringing in resources to help the needy in this church? Brian, you will be talking about it next, um, the last Sunday. We are, we are thin because of the need of the people. Do we send them away? No, sir. But I remember, you are the reason we have bread and meat in this house. How can, I, how can God forget you? You have to decide to be a good person. Huh. Say my time is up. Okay. Let me round up. Should I continue? Let God be the one to direct you when to step out and when to step in. Let him be the one that will direct you when to say, I do or I do not. Let him direct you. Let him order your footsteps. Because our myopic mind, our short-sightedness cannot see far. You are looking at now, but God is looking at the future. I told you, before I got married, all I think I had then was fine face. Handsome. Handsome face. But the woman saw beyond handsomeness. Because the handsomeness is faded. I used to be finer than this before. Beauty is vain. Handsomeness is vain. Let the Lord direct you. He knows what is good for you. What you are looking for. He knows where they are. Let him be the one to direct you. Don't end what God has not ended. That dwindling marriage can bounce back to life. That failing health can bounce back to life. And what was it? God now showed up and said, tell these 32,000 people, those that are afraid to go back home, 22,000, one announcement, 
22,000 went home. It is dangerous to place your destiny upon fearful and hopeless people. They will slow you down. They will, take, they will give you hundred reasons why what you want to do is not doable. You don't surround yourself. You don't share your vision with people who say never. Shout hallelujah somebody. And when God was done, he now told him that he has tested 300 people. 32,000 minus 3,300. Uh, How many do we have left? How many went away? Quickly, quickly. 31 what? 31,700 people went away. And that's why you should not worry when people leave you. Because they cannot comprehend what God is doing through you. I know there are people that will show up in this church and after one time they say, I'm out of here. We have no problem with that. We wish you well. There are some people that God will eject out of your life. Don't worry. Because he knows that they cannot comprehend what he's doing for you and through you. Do not follow the multitude to do evil. Shall we rise? Be careful who you surround yourself with. Endeavor to surround yourself with tested people. Look up, brethren. Surround yourself with tested people. In the midst of the multitude, there will be sacrifices. Those that will tell you what you want to hear. They are dangerous people. They are not good people. Please, don't surround yourself with people that will tell you what you want to hear. Hallelujah, somebody. And that's what the Bible says in Proverbs 25, verse 5. Proverbs 25, verse 5 says, Take away the wicked from the, before the king, and his throne shall be established in righteousness. Surround yourself with people that will tell you the truth, even though it's bitter. Surround yourself that, with, with people that will add value to your life. Say, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. We as a church, we are to mingle together. We as a church, we are to bound together. We as a church, we are to worship God together. We as a church, we should serve God together. For it is blessed and pleasant for brethren. Psalm 133 from verse 1 through to 3. It is glorious. It is pleasant for brethren to live together, dwell together in unity. When it comes to a church, it is one Lord, one heaven, one hell. It is one God, one Jesus, one Holy Spirit. We are one in Christ. When it comes to the worship of God, no discrimination. You don't say you are good, you are... No, no, no. It's God that determines that when it comes to the issue of worship. Do you understand that? So we are all good in the presence of God because of the goodness of Jesus that has been imputed in us. So we have to do all things in unison. We have to do all things as a church, as a church family. 
And that's why when you hear there is a meeting, whether the men, the women, the boys, and the whatever meeting, you know that this is our own meeting. And that does not mean that every member of this church must be your personal friend. Do you get that? Aha. We are doing things in common. Those that God wants you to relate with as acquaintances, as friends, God will direct you. Because he's going to, God told Moses, I will take of your spirit and I will place it upon 70 elders so that I will replicate you because your spirit is taken. So two cannot work together as one except they be agreed. So let God direct you who you should have as your personal paddy. And you know, whatsoever you tell that person, if it is not too right, he goes on to pray and call on God on your behalf. So therefore, as Christians, we are obligated, we are under an obligation to serve God in oneness, in unity, looking out for one another. What did he say? He says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exalting one another, helping one another. And so much the more, as we see that the day is approaching. So we are under obligation to help one another in the service of God. The right person may not dress like the right person. The right people may not talk like the right people, but they are still right. The Bible, if you read Isaiah 50, 53, when you talk about Jesus Christ, he said there was nothing was despised. There was nothing in him to be desired. He did not just look okay. He was a man of grief, a man of sorrow. There was nothing in Jesus that should be desired. Yet, he was the savior and he's still the savior. Are you in the house? You are saying, Jesus, how can Jesus alone be all the way? How can Jesus save? How Jesus? No, listen, he may not look like that, but that is who he is. He's the savior of the whole world. Jesus is the savior of the whole world. And he's coming back. Say, when you see that this day is approaching, what manner of men and women ought you to be in all manner of conversation? Jesus is coming back again. And he's a good man. So if you are in the house and you are not born again, you are not free from sin, you are still committing adultery and fornication, you are still living a bad life, there is a God in the house who will turn things around for you. There is a God in the house that have given us Jesus, the good man, to reconcile you before him. So if you are not born again and you want to be born again, those of us at home in a different location, you know you are not born again. This is the time to lift up your hands and invite him to your heart. And those of us that are born again, remember that every man's activity will be judged. He said every man's works will be judged. What kind of work are you working? Good works or evil works? Commit yourself now to the Lord. Bow down your head and begin to pray. And say, Father, please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Cleanse me. Jesus was despised and rejected. He was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. There was nothing in him to be desired. Yet, 
He's still the Savior. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. And those of us that are born again, Father, please keep me born again. Please help that my works will not be evil. Father God, for those that are calling you in the place of salvation, please attend to them. Save them and grant them the grace to go and sin no more. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Look up, brethren. Just a minute, son. Not everyone is bad. Not everyone is right. They may be good people, but they are square pegs that you are trying to impress into a round hole. It will never work. You remember when Lot was with Abraham, nothing happened. Lot was related to Abraham, but he was a square peg that was trying to be impressed into a round hole. It never worked until they were separated. And the Bible says, when they were separated, God now showed up and said, hey, now you have delayed me, you have willed me, but now it's time to talk. Look up, down, left and right, further, anywhere your eyes can get to is yours. And that's why you're going to pray this prayer. If those hands are yours, I want, them, I want you to clap them and pray. We just have about three minutes. Say, oh Lord! Screen wrong people away from my life. Screen wrong people away from my life. Anyone that is not adding value. Anyone that will not add value. And I'm not talking about my wife. I'm not talking about my children. I'm not talking about my husband. Oh Lord, screen wrong people away from my life. Prayer number two. Connect me with people whose contribution are virtual to my destiny. Screen away wrong people from my life and connect me with people whose contributions to my life are very virtual to my destiny. Begin to pray, begin to pray. Helpers of destiny, connect me with them. Connect me with helpers of destiny in the mighty name of Jesus. Those that will add value to my life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Please look up. I have heard over and over. Why, why are you in this predicament? Friends. Friends. There are a lot of us who are in the predicament we are today because of friends. So you're going to pray. Clap in those hands. Father, grant me wisdom to make the right choice of friends. Father, grant me the wisdom those of us in the sanctuary pray. Those of us online pray. 
Father, grant me the wisdom to make the right choice of friends. Grant me the wisdom. Grant me the wisdom. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Stretch your hands towards the altar. My Father and my God, I bring your sons and your daughters in the sanctuary and those that will, those that are in their different location and those that will follow this service. Oh Lord, I pray that you eject from their lives wrong people in the name of Jesus. Those that are encouraging them to make wrong decisions. Father, I pray you eject them out of our lives in the name of Jesus. Father, connect us with the right people that will contribute positively to our lives. Destiny help us that will help us on through life in the name of Jesus. Pray, oh Lord, I pray, oh Lord, that you will connect our children with the right friends that will propel them to greatness in the name of Jesus. Take away anyone that will encourage us to live a riotous and wasteful life in the name of Jesus. Help us to be there for our wives, our husbands, and our children. Help us to be useful in your house, the church, in the name of Jesus. Thank you so very much, Abba Father. In Jesus' holy name, we pray. Let your amen sound like thunder. Give three people a hard high five. Say to him or her, God will connect you to your destiny helper. God will connect you to those that will add value to your life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, dear Father. Oh, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen.